Greetings and welcome to a special episode recording live in the on-site Stream Commerce podcasting studio at the New York City Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, September 2022. These episodes are presented by Stream Commerce, a full-service, full-funnel e-commerce consultancy bringing together the boldest and brightest innovators, strategists, and e-commerce experts. They are the Shopify Plus expert that does more than just build sites. The Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum NYC 2022 brought together thought leaders from retailers and brands selling direct to consumer. Top global consumer brands were joined by digital natives and digitally led brands from the fashion, apparel world, health, cosmetics and beauty, consumer electronics and other leading retail verticals for a one day full of education sharing and networking. Let's listen in now. Lynn, welcome to the Global E-Commerce Tech Talks podcast. How are you this afternoon? I am wonderful. How are you? Well, you and I had the great pleasure of meeting last night already for dinner. Yes. And so we had lots of things to talk about. It got me even thinking about more questions. And of course, Uh-oh. And of course the listeners uh, didn't have the benefit of having dinner with you. So we're going to take that conversation to them this afternoon. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Who are you? Uh, what do you uh, what's your background story, your personal professional journey? Tell us a little bit about yourself. It's a long story, so I'm not going to bore you with all of the, the, the gory details. Um, and some days I'm not sure who I am anyway. <laughs> but um, It's an evolving story. It's an evolving story, but to the best of my ability. Okay, so I, I'll give you the, the highlights. I spent um, a very long career in advertising. Mm-hmm. I started in the Mad Men era, mm. which truly was the Mad Men era. Yeah. Think liquid lunches. Oh, lots of lots of naughty things that went on, um, and I survived that era mm. to the to the to the present, pretty much. Um, and and you, you got to very senior levels in very big agencies, so you were a really breakthrough part. Of, that's a really breakthrough part of your career. Right? Um, yes, you know it's interesting because at the time I didn't really think about it that way. Mm. There were a couple moments in my career, though, where I would be, like, the most senior woman. Mm. And I'd kind of look around and be like, why am I the most senior woman? Mm. That's a little weird. Mm. But it never really... I just did it. You know what I mean? I didn't really think about it. It wasn't really... Part of of it, um, maybe what helped is that I have two brothers. Mm. Interesting. very comfortable. I'm a middle child, so I'm a negotiator. (laughs) So it's like... Those things kind mm. of help in in hindsight, right? Mm. So, um, now, 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 what kind of kid were you? Did you have, were you a sporty kid? Did you have hobbies? Uh, were you artistic? Um, what kind of what kind of kid were you? I, I, I'm a terrible artist, which is the irony. There is my daughter is an amazing, mm. unbelievable artist, and mm. she did not get it from me. And I wish I was. There are things I wish I could do. I wish I could be. I wish I could draw, mm. and I wish I could sing. I wasn't very sporty either, even though my parents basically had me signed up for every possible <laughs> sport. Yeah. I had this, um, sorry to digress so much on your podcast, because I know we're supposed to talk more business, but I had this moment that still sticks in my mind mm. of being about, maybe about 13 years old, that really awkward stage, I had braces, mm. and I was playing soccer, and I was terrible. <laughs> I would be like terrified that I was going to get kicked with the ball, and sure enough, kicked right in the face <laughs> ball smacks me in the face and yeah. my Embed, braces the braces in your yes yeah, yeah. and my mouth starts bleeding like crazy and i um this particular soccer field was about a, two blocks from my house i just ran off the field <laughs> and ran home 
That's how pathetic it was. Where's she going? Is she going for a breakaway? No, she's leaving the She field. literally, I just <laughs> took off with my bloody mouth, yeah, yeah. and I was like, ah, why am I doing this? So that's 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 kind of my sport experience. That's your sportiness. Mm. Um, all right, so let's anyway. uh, let's fast forward. And how did you wind up at a big agency? Like, did you yeah. always like? Did you naturally gravitate to the advertising world? Did you find no, yourself? No, um, I fell into it like a lot of people did back in the day because there really wasn't. Um, it wasn't a major. You didn't really go to school. It wasn't a real for a, career path. No, so to speak, not right? so much. I mean, marketing, yeah, but advertising, not so much. So, I actually wanted to be in the FBI. Hmm. I was like, I, I don't hear that. I don't hear that that often. So I would a, have been a really good Clarice Starling yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very different life, I'm sure. But I, I think I would have enjoyed it. Um, and I couldn't get a job because they had a hiring freeze, in 1989. Oh. And so they kind of sent me this form letter that was like, "Hey, you're on the list. Check back in in six months." And mm. I'm thinking, there is no way in hell I'm going to live with my parents for another six months. <laughs> That's just not happening. Yeah. So I talked to this recruiter who was like, you should work in advertising. And I was like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah. And you know why she said it? Because this little agency she worked at needed a receptionist who could type. So you wound up leading a big agency. Can I say the agency name? Because I know it. JWT, right? Yeah, yeah. Big agency. But then you took a turn. Take then I took a turn. So I, I was um, I was running JWT New York, which is our headquarters, a very big agency at the time. It was a $2 billion agency. And there was a very public lawsuit that kicked off like the Me Too mo- movement in advertising. And I was knee-deep in dealing with that, which meant HR, mm. lawyers. I had meetings with the finance team almost every day. Like... Not the things that I enjoy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at all. So I had this reflection. I did it for two. I did. I did the job for four years, but the last two years were brutal. And I just had this moment where I'm like, "Why am I doing this? I'm not getting younger, mm. and I want to do what I love, which is creating brands. And I've been doing it for other people, right. building their brands for all these years. It's yep. like, well, why don't I do it for myself? And that's also a good test for myself. Mm. Like, have I been giving crap advice? All oh, these that's years. What do they call that? Eat your own dog food. Eat your right? own dog food. It's like, maybe I got to see if, if what I've been telling everybody else mm-hmm. to do is actually any good. <laughs> <laughs> A life actualization moment. Kind of. So. And you got into beauty and skin I got into hair beauty. care and skin care, right? Really just hair care. Really just yeah, hair care. Just hair care. Um, and I had worked in beauty on and off throughout my career. I had, uh, did sure. L'Oreal's hair advertising. Yep. Um, Met a bunch of those celebrities, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, had a great conversation with Mila Jovovich, who I loved. Hmm. Um, but the yeah, fifth element, right? She was the, fifth the, element. the fifth She's element. She's so yeah. cool um, and so nice. Hmm. Such a really nice human. Hardworking too. Really hardworking. Say, you know, that's a, I know a few celebrities thanks to my my time at uh, the shopping channel. And yeah, it's the one thing people don't understand is how hard it. How hard they work. It's not easy a, being a celeb, no. But it is. I'm. I'm sort of saying that. Fam- being yeah, it's not snotty, easy. But, <laughs> but it's not it, easy being famous for being famous. Right? Yeah, yeah. But no, legit. Like we would have, you know, 12, 14, 16 hour days. Um, she yep. would plop down on the couch and and talk about life, and not a lot of them won't. They don't want to. They don't want to talk to the riffraff, which would be me. Yeah, like no. uh, you know. So it's a church and state for some too, right? It's like they, yes. you never know who you're talking to. And let's keep my private and professional uh, yes. life very different because it doesn't always work out for them. I think as well, right? Yes, you know? definitely. Particularly, um, particularly women celebrities, I think that can be. I think they learn 
to keep yeah. those two things separate. Anyway. Anyway, but I enjoyed beauty. I'd hmm. done quite a bit of it. And then I, I had quit my advertising job and I was doing um, consulting with, hmm. with startups. And I really loved that because you could talk to a startup really identify the problem very quickly because most of them didn't know but kiss about branding or right. you know, they they're in, they're enamored with their product right, right. and it's like but look, we got a logo isn't that enough yeah. isn't that our brand right yeah. Those and then you kind of look at their all the the content they're putting out it's a do, it's a dog's breakfast again and so um anyway so i was really enjoying that because you could talk to the founder and say do x y and z and then literally the next day it'd be done right. their website would be updated right. you'd be like Wow. As opposed to when you're in corporate uh, America world, it's like two years later, yeah. by the time they get around to it, it's outdated. You're like, no, it doesn't work anymore. It was my you... advice then, not yeah, my advice now. Yeah, so that's, that's the, the, the moving at the speed of culture is, is challenging for big companies. But anyway, so, um, so I met my co-founder. A couple months after I left JWP, it was just, this is when you, don't, you have to listen to the universe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we'll ignore it and be like, no, no, I'm, I'm busy. Go away. But I met my co-founder, and he had been working on our hair care formulations for 10 years. Huh. And I thought, he's either nuts, complete wackadoodle, hmm. or he's a genius. Hmm. And I think now it's, it's, it's more genius than nuts, for sure. It's, it's a little bit, you need a little bit you of nuts. You need a little bit of nuts to be genius. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So he'd been working on these formulations, and he'd gotten them pretty far along and he didn't know what to do with them because he doesn't have a business background. Taking it as far as it's going to go, needed somebody like you to make it happen. And so we decided to launch the business together. Yep. Then we did the whole branding, which was really fun. And it's, am I pronouncing it right? Masami? Masami, yeah. Masami. Because it's named after James, my co-founder's husband, Masa. Ah, okay. Masahiro. Masami, because it's Masa. Masahiro is from Japan. He's the one that introduced James to our key ingredient. Mm. Masa's family, I went to Japan and met them. Mm. They all look like they're 12, <laughs> his mother included. Yeah, She's in her 80s, and she looks really damn good. So, yeah, they're on to something. They have the longest life expectancy in the world, the Japanese. Mm. So, clearly, there's something going on there. It's mm. good. Yeah. And so, yeah, so um, we decided to launch the business. It took about 18 months to kind of get all the, the branding, the e-com site, the consumer testing, all those operational things lined up. And then we launched um, New York Fashion Week, hmm. um, February of 2020. That's a pretty momentous time in the world's life. You think something so? something was about to happen. <laughs> something was already happening. Something was happening, but we, we did, I, I think back to our launch, we had two fashion shows, and we were cramped in these tight New York rooms that were oversold, and nobody thought twice. And then a month later, it's like, what? Lockdown? Oh, there's a thing going on. Mm-hmm. So it was quite a, it was quite an experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell us about the brand. So hair care. And, hair care. And, and so what makes you different? So it's, it's clean premium hair care, which doesn't make us different because I think almost every, every brand these days should be clean, mm-hmm. um, meaning no sulfates, parabens, phthalates, no bad ingredients. Okay, so yeah. there's that. And we're salon quality, but again, performance should should be a given these days too. Mm. But what we do is we actually give you weightless hydration, which is the number one hair issue. So people, when they complain about their hair being dull, lifeless, frizzy, unmanageable, it's usually because it's not hydrated, which is most people's hair dry, complaints. Dry, it's dry. And, and then as we age, it gets drier. So 
Um, so what our products do, though, is they deliver the hydration weightlessly, which is hard to do because most hydrating shampoos or conditioners, if you've ever used one, for me, when I had, I used to have long hair. This was, I had cancer last year, so I've now, this is post-chemo hair, my short hair. But I like it. I'm going to keep it short. It's very fetching. Um, thank you. If I didn't know, if I didn't know, I'd say it suits you very well. It suits you very well. Yeah, thank you. But um, my hair used to be long and thin. Mm. Now post chemo, it's, it's thick. not thin. I, I it's was going to say yeah. it's crazy how it's changed. But when I had very thin hair mm. and I would use moisturizing or hydrating products, my hair would look greasy because it weighs it down. I was going to say it put the weight on it. Yeah. So because because most shampoos and conditioners or hair care products have um, extracts mm. as their as their active ingredients and their and their ingredients you know and and those extracts are heavy in in your formula so we use a powder mm. of our mm. seaweed which is it basically acts like a sponge mm. and it actually does the opposite it actually gives you volume fullness light um, lightweight lightweight and so it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of how can you have all this moisture but yet light and it does but that's our secret sauce. And it works for virtually every hair type and texture, including dudes. Men love our Ooh. hair care. Um, we're sitting at the Global E-Commerce Forum, so you're obviously thinking about global e-commerce. That's what brought you yes. here today. Where do you trade today? So we're, we're on Amazon, which I think is a necessary thing. I happen to think it's good for us. Amazon Some... U.S. or Amazon around the world? Or... U.S., Canada, okay. U.K., Singapore. So that's that's the Amazon footprint. We are also our DTC, which is our own site, really let out of the U.S. But then we also have um, a clean beauty retailer in Australia, hmm. and we have two in the U.K. Mm-hmm. and we have two in Middle East. So mix of DTC and wholesale relationships. Yeah. So what did you come here to learn? Just to get to, to take DTC to the next level to get better. All, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and we're, we're closing on on the end of the day today, so um, did you pick up a few nuggets of, I of did. information? Fantastic. I did. What, and what, some what, from what, you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Your, thank little, you. My, your little live streaming lesson. Uh, yeah. I wrote it down. I shared it with some of my peeps today. Well, you know. So we'll see I'm, if I'm our, here to serve. I'm, a, I'm here to serve. We'll see if that improves our, our conversion on our live streaming. But yeah, I thought there were a lot of insights and a mm. lot of validation too, like a lot of talk about needing to be omni-channel, which mm. we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a business reality. Um, a lot of talk about how, you know, you need to be more raw, more real with your content, which is Oh, interesting. Which is good. More of a storyteller than a performance marketer, would you say? Yeah. It's you got to find that balance, right? You got to find the balance, but I think like somebody, I can't remember which speaker was talking about it, but like it's like every social channel that's kind of come along to make you connect on a more real level. Us advertisers, I'm talking about my past life, mm. we muck it up because we polish it and make it mm. look really high production qualities. Yeah. And then your Instagram feed has to look a certain way, yeah. you know. And Steven Spielberg demands that uh, we filters, yeah, you yeah. know, we've created all these things to make it, you know, and, and I think they make then, it and, unreal. Unrealistic. Yeah. Ironically. Right? Ironically. Unrealistic and, real TV. Yes. And so then I think the next thing comes along to try to make it more real again. And so it's this quest for reality. How do you think about, um, I was talking to a guest and we got into talking about this, so I'm, I'm kind of keen to get your impression. So 
you know, one of the dominant media forms today is something like a TikTok, right? Which yeah. is a very short form, very short, very short hyper form. short form. Yes. Like I was saying, yes, you know, hyper one of my, short. One of my most successful TikToks is like six seconds long, right? Hyper short. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, we were, I, we were joking. I said, yeah, I used to play in the long form infomercial space, yeah. 30 minutes, 15 oh, yeah. minutes. You know, and then we were down to 30 seconds. As you think about how you produce your content, are you thinking for that audience that has, for worse or better, mostly worse, a very shorter attention span? How do you yeah. balance those two things? Because you, you cannot get your features and benefits oh, across no. in six seconds. And by the way, even if you could, they wouldn't want it. Right. You know, it's a different audience. So, yeah. So when we do our long form content, which we do a lot of, because we do a lot of shows, a lot of live streams, and we'll do an hour show, a half hour show, a 15 minute show. Right. What we'll also do is get the boomerang, get the mm. GIF, mm. get that quick four second yeah. of, you know, doing this, kissing the product, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, just yeah. that little moment yeah. um, that is like both, you know, TikTokable and Instagrammable for yeah. reels, and you can just throw it on there. And so it's hard being. A brand. So you, so you focus on doing cutouts and and all those things. Like you, you're almost and, and you know having some experience at this. You, yes. you know, as you're filming the long form, you can still that, take opportunities yes. to do cutout friendly. Yeah, short and you form. always ask for the short stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, just do this for a second. You know, and you get the short stuff too. But it's really hard being a brand or anyone on social media because it's not just like you have two channels. You These days, you, get you have like ten, whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, Pinterest, um, Twitter, you know, obviously we got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got... so Snapchat. Snapchat's Snapchat. still pretty huge, right? Snapchat's, Snapchat's still huge. pretty... So there's yeah. just a lot. And you have to think, to your point, they're all slightly different. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, lessons learned, kind of the last question. Mm-hmm. You've already got more than a foot into global e-commerce. You're yeah. learning, we're all learning today. But if you could impart upon someone who's just beginning the journey, one or two... Uh, lessons that you've learned that, that you could save them time or say, do these two things and you'll have a better chance of being successful. Uh, what yeah, would, what would I would be? say I've had the most success with with e-com partners that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. So the Clean Beauty Retailer in Australia has been a great partner for us. And what I like about that partnership is I've never met these two women, sisters, who own this company called the Natives Co., mm. All clean beauty brands. But I have conversations with them probably every six months. And we've been on their site probably about two years. We're, we're, mm. they're, we're really like their showcase hair care brand. Oh, interesting. And um, they love our products. Mm. And so it's just nice to have that relationship. And like sometimes they'll, they'll shoot me a note. Hey, do you want to you know, do a podcast with us? Or, hey, we saw this, um, we're doing an event. Can you send us some samples? You know, just, but it's nice when you have that kind of relationship Mm. with the marketplace that you can do that. Um, Where it's harder is like, we've been on Amazon in Singapore. We don't get sales because I don't have time to Mm. go in and game the system on Amazon to figure out how to... Mm. Do the advertising there. It's a very transactional medium, right? Yeah. I mean, it's buying. I like to say it's buying versus shopping. Buying, I just want to buy it. And just by its nature, buying is a little less, uh, a a little less attached to brand values and other. It's attached to more values, whereas that shopping thing is I want to understand the brand, the wholesaler. Okay, so that's great advice. What's next? What's next for you coming out of today? Yeah, so I have so many things on my to do list. It is literally insane. Mm. But. 
I think internationally, I want to crack the UK mm-hmm. because I know you're Canadian, mm-hmm. but... Remember the Commonwealth. That's okay. Yeah, we yeah, like yeah. the UK. That's true. We share a head of state. That's true. So um, at some point, we'll do Canada too, but... We are next door, you know. We are a little I know, but you have the whole language thing. That's the challenge uh, with that's the true. Canadians. That's true. Where and the for, UK, the list, for the listeners, if you don't know, if you want to do business in Canada, it is, uh, we do have two official languages and you need to be compliant yes. on your packaging and all other stuff. So, okay, UK, yeah. UK, you think that obviously a bigger market, interesting market for you. And common language, despite the those little nuances that, yeah. yes. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, it's been great meeting you. This is the second yeah. time we had a chance. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new, so... You know, I look forward to the staying in touch. And for the yeah. listeners, thanks for sharing a bit of your journey and your story and your brand. And, and where do you, are you a link, are you a LinkedIn person? Is that a good way I'm, to get in touch? I'm with very you? heavy LinkedIn, so I'm super easy to connect with. Um, or you can I'm on social media at Lynn Powered, P O W E R E D, on pretty much everything. Or Love Moss Me Hair. That's my I was handle on everything. I, yeah, I was going to say, so lovemasami.com if I want to sample these amazing products. Love yes. Masami. Masami.com. All right. You got it. Well, awesome. Listen, Thank listen, you. Listen, Lynn, have a uh, great rest of your day. Thank and, you. and thanks for joining me on the podcast. And, uh, Thank you. Look forward to uh, watching with uh, with great anticipation all your Uh-oh. next your next steps. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review with a five-star rating, and be sure and recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail, e-commerce, DTC, and cross-border commerce industry. I'm Michael LeBlanc, founder and president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. You can learn more about me on LinkedIn, and you can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at globalecommerceleadersforum.com. Safe travels, everyone. <laughs>